This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Whitmer here, along with the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. And welcome back to the Onside Kick right here on Most Available Podcast, your one-stop shop for every news, stories, anything going on in the NFL. We talk about it here on the Onside Kick. And Mark, before I get into housekeeping, before we talk about the topics, I got to be real with uh, with our viewers out there, with our listeners out there. This week, it's already Wednesday, but this week for Most Valuable Podcast on the editing side mm-hmm. has been horrible. I've been stressed out. I'm, I'm surprised I haven't lost my hair with how stressed I've been. You guys have probably noticed that, hey, only one video went up on Monday. Then it's like Tuesday. Oh, only another? Like, yeah. And the podcasts aren't up. We're having some problems. Just wanted to let you guys know. That uh, we're looking to fix it. So I'm hoping this video goes up in time and that you're seeing it and that there's also not lip sync issues because that was another thing going on that I've had to deal with. But I just wanted to let you guys in the bubble so that you know what's going on here and that we're trying to fix it. Let's get on to what we're talking about, though. First off, Le'Veon Bell. Then we're going to talk about the Colts hiring their new head coach. Then we're going to look at draft focusing in on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But before we do that, a little housekeeping. Number one. You want to support us, check out patreon.com backslash Podcast. That link down below in the description. Number two, you want an MVP t-shirt? That store link is also down in the description. Three, if you're on iTunes, you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, make sure to give the Onside Kick a five-star rating. It would mean the world to both Mark and myself. And last but not least, go ahead and bookmark Most Valuable Podcast. That's where you're going to get everything from MVP on the daily But let's jump into our first topic, Mark. And what we're looking at is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the reason why is I feel like we were kind of talking about this last year with a whole franchise situation or a franchise tag situation with Le'Veon Bell. As I'm looking at an article here where it basically says Le'Veon Bell's Steelers shutdown part two because last last offseason was part one. Here's where we stand right now. So both the Steelers and Le'Veon Bell – are expressing an optimism for a long-term deal. However, negotiations are still in their early stage. However, ESPN is reporting that they could take flight at the NFL Combine next week. So, Mark, I am going to ask you, will Le'Veon Bell get a long-term extension from the Steelers, or is he just going to get tagged for 2018? I have to imagine that they're going to get a long-term deal done because he also already has said that he has zero interest in the tag. Mm-hmm. He's not going to sign it. Now, I'm pretty sure he said that last year, too. Yeah. Uh, but he basically has come out and said zero interest in doing this, long-term deal or bust. He wants to get paid. He wants the stability, and he should. He's a running back, and he's 26 years old. Mm-hmm. Once he hits 28, most running backs don't hit that long. You know, you get to that age and you're pretty much kind of out of it. The average NFL career is, what, three years? Mm-hmm. Uh, he, as a running back, is in one of those dangerous positions where they have a very short shelf life. Um, so he's got to milk it for what it's worth, essentially, is what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. I don't blame him at all. The Steelers would be so dumb to not just get that long-term deal done uh, instead of trying to just play this game where you're building up animosity Mm -hmm. and having the guy want to leave, having the guy say, 
no thank you. If you give me that uh, that franchise tag, I'll just sit and wait. Mm-hmm. You guys are in worse shape without me than you are. Uh, are well, I guess he's got all the leverage in that case because you guys are going to be in worse shape without me. Um, so I definitely think they have to get a deal done. I don't expect him to play under attack. Well, and the one thing I look to is I had to look back to be certain, but mm-hmm. he did hold out a little bit of last year. He missed all of training camp, did not come back to the team, didn't end his holdout until September 1st. So I expect the same thing. If he gets franchise tagged by the Steelers, I expect another holdout from Le'Veon Bell because when you look at the Bell side of things, he deserves a long-term deal. How he's been as the running back of the Pittsburgh Steelers, he has also been, like, when you're a part of a nickname, the Killer Bees, you deserve a long-term contract with that team, especially if you're producing well. And I think the one thing that, I mean, if I'm Le'Veon Bell, I look at is why, here's the question I have. Why are you guys so, is it because I'm a running back that you guys are so wishy-washy on giving me a long-term deal, but Antonio Brown, or Antonio Brown has his contract come up and boom, deal gets done right away. Yeah. Like, w- if I'm Le'Veon Bell, I'm sitting there going, what's the deal mm-hmm. there? I really what's think it does have to do with the fact that he's a running back. And mm-hmm. like I said, he's 26. He's had five seasons. Uh, this will be season number six now. But and really, 30 is the age you look at for the kind of fall off at running backs. Like I think late it's a 20s, little earlier than running back. I I put it at about 28 for okay. a running back um, for that kind of t- time where teams get scared. Which, I mean, if we're looking at Antonio Brown for long term, he got a four-year deal. So that would, yeah. let's say Bell gets the same thing that Brown did with four Puts years. Puts him right at 30. Uh-huh. Um, I just really think that part of the thing – I mean, I don't know if there's, they have concerns over injuries mm-hmm. um, from the past or anything like that. But I think they're just scared of having a running back, paying him, and then having him drop off. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they look into the future, too, and see that, well, Big Ben is old. Uh, he might retire at some point. Mm-hmm. It, are we going to want to have expensive running back and expensive wide receiver – but mm-hmm. with nobody to really help either one of them out, which doesn't make too much sense because a good running back is going to help out a young, inexperienced quarterback if mm-hmm. you have to go draft one, um, or just a journeyman quarterback who's not that amazing. Sure, I think that would be, I think that would be an okay situation to be in. I wouldn't be that scared of it. I just wonder if the Steelers are sitting there thinking we might have to reset a little bit soon, so maybe we don't want to invest that money because honestly, there's really not that good of a reason to say. Here's another franchise tag, mm-hmm. you know, to Le'Veon Bell. It's the same thing that we thought with the Washington Redskins. Didn't Cousins prove himself time and time again? Mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell constantly proves himself. I mean, if he's healthy, he's going to get at least 1,200 yards. Well, and really the thing I think of is if you, let's say the Steelers tag Bell and they don't get him to a long-term deal this year, I see that from a Steeler side I've basically just shot myself in the foot. Yep. The reason being is whether you say like myself where it was, oh, by 30 or like you, hey, now it's a little bit before 30 where we see the fall off with running backs. If you franchise tag him again, then you work on a deal next year. All right. Now he's a year older. He's what, 27 Yep, is a year older. Then it's like, OK, if I give him a four year deal, that means what I'm only maybe going to get half of that before I start worrying about a fall-off. Maybe I get one before I start worrying about a fall-off. And then if you franchise tag him a third time, it's like, great, now he's 28. 
do I really want to give him a four-year deal right now, or have I drafted a replacement for him because I knew what was coming? So I think the Steelers are between a rock and a hard place with this because there are numerous teams around the league that would go ahead and try to pick up Le'Veon Bell if he hit the open market. Oh, definitely. However, the Steelers, like I said, rock in a hard place because it's like, do we franchise tag him? Then he's a year older, but the years of that long-term deal don't go down. It's not like, oh, because I'm a year older, I'll be looking for three years now instead of four years. Or do they say, you know what, we're just going to give him a four-year right now, keep him in Pittsburgh, but then it's like, okay, I hope that he does not fall off before he turns the age of 30. Yeah, exactly. And it's just interesting to me as you look at things, too, um, and you look at uh, some of the other people who are out there. You know, you look at, for example, uh, Freeman in Atlanta, and Mm -hmm. you have a guy who he's short, a year younger um, right now, but man is uh, locked up till 2023, getting about $8.5 million a year. Uh, you look at LaShawn McCoy, who's older. He's 29. He's locked up until 2020. So that's a little bit of time. Obviously, they're investing in having him above that mm-hmm. 30 mark, and he's getting $8 million a year average. Um, you know, Chris Ivory is the next guy up getting the most, and there's about a $2 million gap there. I don't feel like uh Le'Veon Bell, who's only a year older than Devonta Freeman, who's younger than LaShawn McCoy, the second highest paid running back. Mm-hmm. I don't think that about eight million or eight million point five a year is going to be that big of a team killer for you. You can make it work. You can mm-hmm. do that. That is a worthwhile deal because all it really takes is one appearance to the conference championship and maybe you got a shot at a Super Bowl. And when you have a running back like Le'Veon Bell and you're in the conference championship, whether you're against the Patriots or whoever it might be, if it's well, the— Well, you got to be able to outcoach the Patriots because really every well, time the Steelers yeah, and the Patriots have met in the playoffs, sure, they get but that's out-coached. a different story. Yeah, uh, Whether it's the Jacksonville Jaguars mm-hmm. with an improved quarterback potentially from Blake Bortles, uh, whatever the situation might be that the other team you go up against, you're going to be better off with Le'Veon Bell being there than— no running game. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Big Ben, sure, but he's coming to a tail end of his career. You have a great wide receiver, but the balance is what what really does it. Let's look at some of the best teams from the playoffs this past year. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette certainly yep. was helping out a not-good Blake Bortles throughout the whole year. I would say that— uh, The Chiefs? Well, of course, the Chiefs. I would say that the Vikings— with uh, not Dalvin Cook I mean, because he got Dalvin hurt. Dalvin Cook goes down. You've got Murray and McKinnon picked up the low dual exactly. back style. The Eagles, who are the Super Bowl champions J-J-I. with their backup quarterback, had three running mm-hmm. backs Clement, that were helping Blunt, them out. Clement, Blunt, and uh, J.J. Yep. So they were so many different teams that had the Saints success had, with their running backs. Saints Two had Ingram and uh, Kamara. So, I can go on and on. Just. Y- I'm just saying that you look at the teams that are successful, and this mm-hmm. is where the Steelers want to be. Yeah. And the Steelers were not far away from going potentially to a mm-hmm. Super Bowl two years ago. So you're going to risk losing Le'Veon Bell mm-hmm. over what? $8.5 million a year? I mean, you compare that to we were joking about it with the quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. What's the quarterback franchise tag? 
So like 30 million plus. Yeah. Uh, well, and that's. The, I mean, that's not well, exactly. It's, and in, that's it's why in the higher 20s, but when still. When you brought up Kirk Cousins, position plays into this. Yeah. If Le'Veon Bell's a quarterback, this is like, holy shit, we need a deal done. Because not only can quarterbacks play into their 40, I mean, look at, or into their 30s. I mean, look at the yeah. ones that we've seen Tom Brady and Brett Favre have been the oldest two to kind of play into even the 40 range mm-hmm. um, of it. But one guy I'm looking at, and I want to ask you about this, if this kind sure. of comparison fits. I think of when we think of running backs and we think of getting towards that age of, I'll say, 28, where it's like, okay, it's the cliff there. Maybe it's because we're here in Chicago. Maybe it's because this is the last, like the most recent one that pops into my head. Matt Forte. Yeah. Matt Forte was a guy, except for two seasons, which he only missed it by three yards and like 71 yards, was an 1,000-yard rusher, except for those two seasons in 2011 and 2009. Then his last year with the Bears, that would have been the 28. He was 28 in 2015. Boom, down to 898. Then he goes to the Jets, and it's been 813. 381. And I know that you can say, well, the Jets aren't a good team, but that's one where you look at, oh, wow, you hit that and boom, you fell. No longer a thousand yard rusher. Mm -hmm. You look at Le'Veon Bell, kind of a similar trend going on with one big difference. The big difference I'll get to, he's had a thousand yard seasons in every year except for his rookie year, which he only played 13 games. And then 2015, but the 2015 I'm putting an asterisk next to because his season did end after six games with a knee injury. Yeah. So he had to have surgery on that knee. That's why he, look at that, in six games, he was already halfway to 1,000 yards. I think he would have got 1,000 yards Definitely. in that year. He's a guy you plug in and you go, I'm going to get at least 4.5, at least four yards per carry, and I'm going to get 1,000 yards out of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it, it's to me it's pretty simple. Your team is better with him than without him, mm-hmm. and the team needs him because this isn't the same Pittsburgh Steelers that we've seen in the past. Uh, this team needs Le'Veon Bell, and you know it's a weird thing in the NFL, uh, which moves in trends that people moved away from running backs. People didn't care about running backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, now they're saying it's a quarterback league, and it is. It is a quarterback mm-hmm. league. You need great quarterbacks. You need really tall wide receivers. Yep. Um, but we're kind of moving back a little bit. You see the resurgence of the defenses. That's mm-hmm. what this year has been dominated by defense. Uh, there's that part of it. You know, you're you're getting some of the importance of the running backs coming back as well. Um, not that it ever completely went away, but it did go away for a little bit, mm-hmm. and it was really focused on spreading teams out, mostly because you know teams like the Packers and the Patriots did it, and it's successful for them because they have amazing quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has that level of quarterback. Yeah. There's a reason why there are different kinds of offenses out there, right? Um, so really what it comes down to is Steelers are not built to be a Patriots team. Mm-hmm. They're not built to be the Green Bay Packers. They need a run game. And I can even make the argument, too, that when Aaron Rodgers does not have a run game, that team doesn't win a Super Bowl. Because well, the run game is real. The resurgence of a run game uh, is what led Green Bay to that Super Bowl victory. Well, and the reason why I would say the Steelers need a good run game is when you're a team, to me, this is what I think, if you're a team that has a good, a phenomenal defense, a great defense, and you're that defensive mindset, 
you need that run game to say, hey, we're going to solidify this run game so that we can have longer drives that don't end in three and outs, keep our defense off the field for a little bit so they can regain their composure. Because how many times in passing offenses, it's like pass, 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 oh, crap, we're punting. I hope you took that gas mask or you had the um, drink of water or Gatorade that you needed because defense, you're going right back out there after a quick three and out. Last thing I want to ask you before we move on Mm -hmm. is, do you think that another thing that kind of shifts the, to me, shifts the momentum of this and the advantage into Le'Veon is that the guy that they drafted in, what was that, 2017's draft? of James Conner, that because he hasn't come out and been, like, the next big thing, that it's like, crap. He knows that we don't have the next big thing behind him, yeah. so we can't call that bluff of, like, well, you know what? We can trade you for something because, you know, we've got this kid behind you. I mean, Conner's is good. Conner's was good in college, but Conner is not the next Le'Veon Bell as of only one year yeah. in the league. And you know you have a lot of these rookie uh, rookies who come in and hit the ground mm-hmm. at the running back position, um, and are very successful in the NFL so far. We see those every now mm-hmm. and then. Uh, I think that does give him some leverage. I think that Le'Veon Bell has a ton of leverage. I think he knows that this team is not going to be that successful without mm-hmm. him. Uh, they can get to a playoff, sure, because Big Ben is a great quarterback. You know, they have a very strong defense that doesn't let teams score that many points. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have good running back options. There are a lot of good things on this team, but this is the kind of team that when they're going to play the best teams in the NFL, they're not going to get past them if they don't have that run game as well. Does he hold, stay balanced. Does he hold out, and how long does he hold out if he does? Well, if he's tagged. If I'm he's pretty, tagged, if, if, does he hold out, yeah. and how long? My understanding was that Le'Veon Bell does not have much interest in playing under the tag this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to believe his word and say he will not play under the franchise tag so you, this year. So you don't think he'll play at all? Like if I, think the Steelers, say, I think the Steelers will budge. I think the mm-hmm. Steelers, are, that game of chicken, Le'Veon Bell, I think is going to win it, even Le- if it goes into the season. I'm putting you into a situation here, though. Mm-hmm. If, let's say, Steelers tag him. You're not getting a deal throughout the whole year. How long does he sit out? Is it the whole season? Is it past that September 1st that we saw last year? Does he have, basically, I'm going to say, have the balls mm-hmm. to miss regular season games if they tag him? Well, I think he's sh- he showed himself that sitting out until September 1st didn't do much for you because you're in the same exact situation mm-hmm. you were last year. He has to be able to be willing to sit into the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to think, I'm going to believe in him based on what he has said so far that he does actually intend on sitting if he gets franchised again. Mm-hmm. He's not going to play unless it's under a long-term deal. I'm going to believe him on that. And let's be completely honest. Last year, the thing that kind of also hurt him a little bit is even if he wanted to miss that first regular season game, mm-hmm was against Cleveland. I know Cleveland almost won that game. Browns fans don't get mad at me, but it's like, really? Would the Browns have really said, oh, you're really showing us sitting out against yeah. Cleveland? Oh, man. Woo! Good thing we didn't have Le'Veon. We have Le'Veon Bell for this one playing Cleveland. I get it. Cleveland almost won that game. Probably should have if they didn't have that drop. But any final thoughts you've got on the Le'Veon Bell 
Steeler situation. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify. It's not even necessarily that he's saying that he's going to, to sit. He has threatened to retire. Ooh. He's gone that far. Basically, um, the Carson Palmer, like, it's not a franchise tag, but Carson Palmer was like, trade me or I retire. Yeah. When he was with the Bumbles. And then he did. Mm-hmm. And then he unretired. And then he went to the Raiders. <laughs> exactly. And how did that work out? Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Arizona Cardinals. Well, I mean, same things going on with, I mean, this is away from Le'Veon a little bit, but same things going on with Megatron. I guess teams have called up the lines and said, hey, what do you want for Megatron's rights? Sure. So that we can get Calvin Johnson and maybe bring him out of retirement. Yeah. I mean, you know, Marshawn Lynch retired. Mm -hmm. Retired. Then he got got traded. Yeah. Maybe Megatron gets traded to the Raiders. They're kind of the... They're kind of the common denominator in all of this so far. And yet none of them work out when they get to the Raiders. No, it's kind of like when Randy Moss went to the Raiders, too. Funny how that works out. Went to the Raiders, then went to the Patriots and almost went undefeated with the Patriots. But this is where you guys come in. Let's know what you guys think down below, what's going to happen, franchise tag. And if he, here's the questions. If he's franchise tag, hold out and how long? And then do you think whole, do you think a franchise tag or get a long-term extension? Let us know what you guys think in that comment section. But, Mark, let's move on into our next topic, and we're taking a look at Shane O'Mac is going to like this one, our Twitter follower, Shane O'Mac. We're looking at Frank Wright, the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. And, and he really is, too. Yeah, I'm really going to ask you, though, is he the right choice for the Colts and Andrew Luck? Not just the Colts mm-hmm. and Andrew Luck. Is Frank the right choice? Oh, I think he's the best option that was available. I mean, 100%. This is the best option. But the, we, way, the way you say mm-hmm. best option available, it, it, it doesn't really give me a vote of confidence. Well, here's my thing about Frank Reich, and I said it when we uh, when we had Christian on the podcast, mm-hmm. and we kind of talked about this a little bit. With the whole Josh McDaniels stuff. Exactly. My, my whole thing with this, it comes down to one thing. Who is really responsible for the quarterback success in Philadelphia? Ooh. Is it Doug Peterson? Is it Frank Reich? Is it DeFilippo? Filippo? There are three different options that could be, or it could just be that Carson Wentz was really good, and maybe we all underestimated or Nick, Nick Foles. Foles. Yeah, Super or Bowl Nick MVP Foles Nick Foles. I'm hoping it's DeFilippo. I'm putting my money on DeFilippo. Well, main, he's moving main, up in the world. Main reason is because he's with my Vikings now. Uh, yeah, moving up in the world <laughs> to uh, to a team that didn't quite make it there, but hey, doesn't you have know. a quarterback right now. We have no quarterbacks on. On contract right now. DeFilippo don't need no quarterbacks. <laughs> He'll go out there he's and gonna, the quarterback. No, he's going to give the ball to Dalvin Cook and say, have fun, kid. Yeah, just have, have fun. fun. You're, you're the new scat back. No, but the one thing, here's mm-hmm. the thing I worry about. And, like, I see a ton of different articles every single day. Ah, he needs surgery. Ah, he doesn't need surgery. He needs a second opinion. Doesn't need a well, second today, opinion. Well, today, Rappaport also was saying he hasn't thrown a football but he's thrown balls that are heavier than a football. Yeah, I, I hear that too. And here's the thing I think about. We're is, all thinking it. We're, all, we're overthinking it. I want to kind of look at this is Frank Reich might be or Frank Reich might be the right coach. However, is Andrew Luck going to play this season? And if he doesn't, how does that really set up the Reich era? Because, I mean, I'm going to kind of pull this into what we did um, last week with our mock draft, you haven't checked it out, check it out. Colts sitting there at number three. Frank coming in, if you don't think Andrew Luck is ready to go week one, do you roll with Jacoby Brissett? Or do you go, hey, you know what? I need a quarterback that I can trust. Mm-hmm. We're going quarterback at three. No, you you luck into the situation of Andrew Literally. Luck. Um, you know, Suck for luck, baby. Those were good days back in the suck for luck <laughs> days. Uh, but you luck into this great situation having mm-hmm. a once-in-a-generation quarterback. 
who the moment Andrew Luck comes back, he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. But that's the thing. Will he come back? Yes, he's going to come back. He's been fine. He's throwing footballs that are not oh, footballs. He's throwing thing. balls that are heavier than footballs. That's another thing. You ask, you ask Jim Irsay, it's all in his head. And Jim Irsay <laughs> says it's all in his damn head. If he just, just if he, I don't know, tries to just smile every mm-hmm. now and then, maybe he'll stop being so depressed. Uh, Andrew Luck is going to be fine. Will he play game one, game four, game six? Mm-hmm. I don't care. Because it doesn't matter with a quarterback. We just talked about it in the last segment. Quarterbacks don't have that shelf life of 30. You know, they can play into the 30s. Mm-hmm. A quarterback only really gets old when he's about 36, 37 years old. Mm-hmm. You got a long time with Andrew Luck left. And hell, you only won one Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. You know, the bar is set kind of low in this case. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually like for, uh, Frank Reich a lot for this. I think he'll work well with Jacoby, uh, who was looking okay. I think the biggest problem for him is just the simple fact that the Colts are not that great of a team. No, There's a reason not. that they're 4-12. and 12. Well, I mean, one of the guys that they let go, Vonta Davis, he's making his free agent tour right now. I believe today yeah. he was with the 49ers. Um, spending the day in the Bay Area, but it's like that was a guy, cornerback, could have been one of your top corner, well, was one of your top corners on this team. You basically let him go. And, I mean, the rest of this team, that's the thing. Like, my first question is Andrew Luck. Will he come back? Because I agree with you. When he comes back, problem solved. You don't have to worry about it. But and that's actually I, part of the reason why I think Andrew Luck being hurt mm-hmm. is actually kind of a good thing for the Colts because the team is so and get some top five. Yeah, talent. the team has been so talent barren, mm-hmm. with the exception of Andrew Luck. He's the best thing on the team, and he's the only thing good on the team. That's mm-hmm. why he's hurt because he had no one to help him out. True, he had no one to keep him on his feet. Well, I mean, it also didn't help. Like, what was it? The oh, the guy they just traded in Dorsett for uh, Jacoby. Mm-hmm. Um, was that two years ago that they drafted him, like 15-14? Drafted him out of the U, thought he was going to be a big, deep threat with uh, him and T.Y. Hilton. Mm-hmm. Never panned out. Now he's yeah. traded. And, and the that was an Patriot, pick, too. He's just kind of there with the New England Patriots. But the thing with the Colts is I don't question Reich as the hire. Like, it's not like coming in like, oh, is he the right guy I question the situation and whether or not, like, I don't know if I can look into my crystal ball and see a situation where the Colts make the right moves to either build a team around Andrew Luck, get a good a good defense to compete. Because the one thing I wanted to mention is, like, you threw out the, oh, you only won one Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. The flip side to that is the reason why you didn't win those Super Bowls with Peyton Manning is because most of the time he was going one-on-one with Tom Brady, and Tom Brady just beat him. Sure. The one year he won the Super Bowl was the year he got over that Tom Brady hump and then mm-hmm. beat the Bears in the Super Bowl. Well, he, he went to a couple Super Bowls with the Colts. Yeah. Um, so well, I want to give him— the And Saints then he ran won. into Drew Brees. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, you know, I think right now with Frank— uh, Frank Reich, I think this is a great time for him to come in because the expectations are low. Mm-hmm. This is a team that has been bad, and how long were they willing to be bad with Pagano? They let him suffer True. through some bad seasons. They let Bruce Arians. Well, I mean, looking back, it's not like it was the biggest thing, but 
Basically, you let a guy in Bruce Arians walk mm-hmm. because you wanted to keep Chuck Pagano around. Exactly. So I think there will be some loyalty here. They will understand that, hey, you're working with a backup quarterback right now. Uh, and when Andrew Luck comes back, we will wait and see what happens when he comes back. Mm-hmm. That will be your true test. I think for – it could be – Half the year, it could be one season, it could be two seasons, does not matter to me. I am not touching this coach unless he's absolutely terrible and mm-hmm. there's some ruins everything. Well, I mean, I'm not going to touch this coach until Andrew Luck shows up. That is day one in my eyes for you. Well, what also could change, just to go off of that, what could change mm-hmm. Frank Wright's future with the Colts is a lot of people were reporting before the hire was made, while they were still interviewing candidates, was basically, you know, this guy that's being brought in by Ballard, this is going to be the make or break for Ballard. Like, there were people reporting, like, hey, you know what? If he brings in a coach yeah. and it doesn't work out, he could get he could get canned and he can get fired by um, Ursay. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I think would be one of the only things to affect Reich is if Ballard gets the boot because they're bad for a season or two, whether that's because Andrew Luck didn't play still or because of other factors – that's the only reason how I see this ending. But I think they'll two years. I think in. they'll do all right. They're in a prime spot mm-hmm. right now. I really think that with this draft pick, I'm hoping that they get the chance to go with Saquon Barkley uh, because I think that's such a useful tool. Mm-hmm. And Frank Gore did a great job for for what you really kind of want out of Frank Gore. And they can get him for one more year, even if they can't get a Saquon Barkley. Yeah, exactly. They will be okay in this in this situation, uh, but I would love them to go out and do that. I would love for, for that to be a situation where they can get that running back who is going to help Jacoby Brissett be better, or whoever is this quarterback. Uh, you know, And then when Andrew Luck comes back, he can get, hopefully, you know what the projection is, one of these top running backs for the next, hopefully, a decade. Mm-hmm. You know, um, probably a little bit less because as we were talking about with running backs, they don't last as long in the NFL. Um, but you're just going to hope that you give your top quarterback a top running back to work with. And well, then, you know, this you're building up this core. Mm-hmm. If you can just give him some offensive line help, the big thing, it'll be great. The big thing for the Colts will be the draft to me because ever since 2012, that was the Andrew Luck. To me, one of the better draft classes that, that the Colts had had where you had players in that Andrew Luck, obviously number one overall. Then you had second pick of the second round, you get Kobe Fleener, his yeah. teammate. I know he's not there anymore, but Kobe Fleener was a good pickup. You get also another tight end in Dwayne Allen that played some good minutes with you guys. You get T.Y. Hilton in that same draft, third yeah. round. You get a guy like Vic Ballard in that draft. Then you go to the next draft. Your first pick at 24 is Bjorn Werner. That's your first pick. Your second mm-hmm. pick is a guy that I like only because he played for my college team in the Illinois Fighting Illini, Hugh Thornton. Yeah, That was your next pick, third round. Then it's like you're you didn't have a first round pick in 2014, so your first pick was Jack Muhort from um, the Ohio State University second round pick. 2015, who's your first round pick, 29th overall? The guy who's not on your team, you traded for Jacoby Brissett, Philip Dorsett. So I mean, really until this year, and Chris Ballard, you can only judge him off of last year's draft class. Yeah. And I'll be honest, looking at who they got, I know they only played one year this year, but 
I remember coming out of the draft and kind of talking about winners and losers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the Colts I listed them as a winner, but I remember saying to you, I like you get Malik Hooker in the first round. I like you get yeah, a guy I like, like Quincy Williams, who both you and I fringe first round talent. You mm-hmm. get him at fourteen in the second. You get a guy in Zach Banner, who early on we had him as a first round talent. The Offensive tackle out of USC. Yeah. So you get some guys, especially your first two. I really liked Hooker and Wilson. Boom, boom, right away at safety and cornerback. Mm-hmm. Let's see what Ballard can now do. Yes, he's, he's going to have another team. free agency, but let's yeah. see what he does with another draft. Does he go pass rusher? Does he go Saquon if he's there? Yeah. What is he going to do with this draft? Because, yeah, that number three pick is a big one. But are you going to hit on the rest of your picks as well? Mm-hmm. Are you going to hit on those later picks and, more importantly, like the second, third, fourth yeah. round picks? So it's obvious to me that this is building the team mm-hmm. right now. Um, and I think it's important because, like I said, it's actually kind of a nice thing that the Colts have been without Andrew Luck and have been bad because they've been able to acquire young talent. And like you say, there's been some misses uh, in some of these recent drafts, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Well, before the Ballard era, which started last draft. Yeah, but I think that that's similar to what you see in a lot of teams. I mean, the Chicago Bears are a perfect example of that, not far from Indianapolis, of the uh, regime with Phil Emery missed on a, basically everything except for Kyle Long, mm-hmm. uh, and then you get a new era that starts out. So I think was that's Kevin, okay. Was Kevin White Ryan Pace? He yes. was the first round. That was the first round. Right? Yep, exactly. And then injuries <laughs> happened. And, you know, maybe one day he'll play a down or two. Who knows? Maybe. Um, but it's just one of those things where you get this situation, mm-hmm. you start new, you start to build the team back up, and there's a lot of room to go up. I mean, they give up more points than almost anybody, they barely score anything. The passing game was not very good, running game was just average. There's a lot of room to move up. But I definitely think. Uh, you know, Frank Reich is a hot coaching candidate out there, and they got him. Uh, Andrew Luck is a great quarterback. People will want to play around him. You get a top quality. I'm really, really hoping for the Colts fans out there. They get Saquon Barkley mm-hmm. um, to kickstart this offense. I'll be complete. Uh, I'll be completely honest. If the Browns don't take Saquon at one, you think the Giants? I think it'd be very hard for the Giants to pass him up. Basically, with what the running back situation has been in New York, I think I don't doubt it. I think when on the primetime podcast we talked about this, where it's like the name the last Giant running back that you could be like, yeah, pretty decent season. The last one I thought of Rashad Jennings. That's who I would have thought of, yeah. And Tiki Barber probably was the best the best giant running mm-hmm. back that I've seen in my lifetime. So, I mean, I think it'd be hard for him to be at three for the Colts. I think the Colts in their draft are just with that first pick. You know what? We're, we're just going to have to take Bradley Chubb. Well, I mean, we just have to take Bradley Chubb. <laughs> it's a good pick. Uh, you know, I was just going to say, there's no wrong pick for mm-hmm. the Colts here. Even if it's a quarterback? Um, well, I mean, okay, there's one <laughs> wrong pick for the Colts, and it's a quarterback. Josh Allen, third overall Anything, to I mean, the Colts. You know, maybe you can trade bait him then. I don't know. We can pull something <laughs> off. Uh, maybe the Giants will take him. Mm-hmm. But um, anyways, it's just one of these situations here where a defensive player is going to be amazing for you. Um, Colts fans, 
offensive fucking line will be useful for you. Just accept oh, that you guys need offensive line help. People really hate that you kept trying to give them an offensive line. You need it. Three. You need it really badly. There's but a reason can, your quarterback get, is injured. They can get that in the second round. Your quarterback is injured. He missed an entire <laughs> season. He might miss another one. Jacoby can run around back there. He's got yeah. legs. The, the Russell Wilson syndrome. <laughs> Andrew Luck can't do that. Uh, but anyways, you know, they can't really go wrong with mm-hmm. this first round pick. I mean, defense will be amazing, and there's a lot of great defensive players out there for him. Um, I just would love them to get that running back, but they can figure out a running back situation somehow, some way. There are quality running backs in the draft. They can get one of them later. Well, the last thing I'm going to ask you, and first off, to get to that point, mm-hmm. even if a guy like Darius Geis falls out second round, and Nick Chubb, if he's high on their boards, there's running backs they can get with that third pick in the then second round if they want to go running back there. Last question I want to ask you. At the end of the day, Frank Wright era is done in the Colts. What do you think the headline is when he's done being the head coach of the Colts? Is it a long thing and we're seeing a great like a great line with him? Or is it like, man, he only panned out for a few years and we're on to the next coach? Yeah, I think it's going to be a a nice long coaching career. Um, If anything of what you saw in Philadelphia will point you into anything, you know, he's been around quite a bit. He's been around some great quality uh, quarterbacks in the past. You know, he knows offense. I think what we're going to see out of him is a guy who gets the most out of a quarterback and a quarterback who helps him. Mm -hmm. Um, You're hoping for a little bit of Tom Brady, Bill Belichick type of situation, but I don't think we're going to quite get that. Uh, But I definitely do think you're going to get maybe a great connection like a Sean Payton with Drew Brees type of connection between that quarterback and that head coach. Um, And I definitely think that we're going to see good things out of them. Will this team be an absolute dynasty? I don't know, but I can at least say this will be a team that probably has one of the best offenses year in, year out when Andrew Luck gets back there. Well, and a good thing for the Colts, one thing we didn't bring up about Frank Wright, it's good to have a guy that at least knows how good the times were when this team was good because like, he was an offensive assistant and then quarterback coach, wide receivers coach in the late 2000s. So he was there right before they got Andrew Luck. So the end of the Peyton Manning time and even his um, last year as quarterback coach before he went wide receiver, I believe either that one or the 29, depending on how the Super Bowl was, one of those two years was the Super Bowl year that they lost to the Saints. But I think that in order to tell how Frank Wright's career as head coach is going to be with the Colts, it is solely dependent on what happens with Andrew Luck. Because Andrew Luck right now is the biggest question mark in, I would say, the entire league almost. Because, like I mentioned before, you get some reports saying one thing, someone else says another thing. Jim Irsay says it's all on his head, hasn't thrown a football, but he's throwing medicine balls that are bigger than football. So, I mean, I look at it and he is, Andrew Luck is the missing piece to predicting how it's going to be. If Andrew Luck was healthy... Slam dunk, Colts are going to be a playoff team. Colts are going to challenge for a Super Bowl, possibly, just because they got Andrew Luck on the field. Maybe not Super Bowl favorites because 
You need that run game. You need wide receivers more so than T.Y. Hilton to throw the ball to. But that's the big thing. Will Andrew Luck come back this season? When will he come back this season? Mm -hmm. And I don't think we're going to get a real kind of gauge of what the Frank Reich situation will be or how it will start in the Colts until the 2019 season. Don't expect a Sean McVay situation because mainly the quarterback's injured right now. And I don't expect Jacoby Brissett to have the Goff McVay kind of connection with Frank Wright. I think it's going to be 2019 where it's like Andrew Luck is coming back, full season, and that's going to be the kickstart to what Frank Wright can do with this team. Any final thoughts before we move on into the draft? No, I like it. I'm I'm a fan of this one. This is probably, even though it's weirdly one of the last, mm-hmm. well, it really kind of is, the, is last the last signing, uh, it's one of the most exciting signings. It wasn't I the think. last, and then Josh McDaniel said, "No, you are the last." Yeah, he's like, "I, I want to make this big a big mm-hmm. deal for you." Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is one of the most exciting uh, coaching signings this year. Well, this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below of Frank Reich being the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. How do you think it's going to go? And then on the side of Andrew Locke, do you, what do you think his thing, his situation is going to be this year? and how he plays into the Frank Reich kind of era with the Colts. Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. But, Mark, let's move into our final topic, and this one is actually a viewer-requested topic. On our mock draft, the first through ten picks, we got a comment from Jason Motter who said, can you guys talk about the Bucks in the next mock? Well, guess what, Jason? You don't have to wait until the next mock. We are going to talk about it right here. Mark, I'm going to ask you plain and simple. Yep. Who should the Bucks take with the seventh pick? What position should they go with? Who should they pick at number seven to be the best pick for them? I think this is a great spot for them to be in because the, the Bucks are going to have pretty much any option mm-hmm. uh, that they could need. Uh, I, there will be some people out there who are going to maybe say the Bucks be the, the first team that jumps on a wide receiver. Only They don't need wide receiver, but only they because they didn't get the production that they expected and they want to just do anything to help Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. Those people, I think, need to calm down a little bit because the Bucks have so many options. They could go potentially with Minka Fitzpatrick if he's there. If he's not, maybe Denzel Ward will be there. They could go with Tremaine, uh, Tremaine Edmonds. Mm-hmm. They could maybe, it's not going to happen, don't get excited, maybe Bradley Chubb could fall. You know, I was going to bring up another one that's not going to happen mm-hmm. because I believe I'd have to double check. I thought I saw on ESPN on the ticker that they released the muscle hamster yeah, they and did. Doug Martin. Mm-hmm. What if Saquon magically fell? Could you imagine not, if Saquon yeah. fell? No, no, I'm not saying he will. Mm-hmm. But could you imagine if Saquon fell two seven and the Bucks got him? That'd be crazy. And the Bucks got Saquon. You basically release the muscle hamster to get Saquon Barkley yet again, like your Bradley Chubb. I don't think it happens, but I was going to throw that one out. But there it would when be you said nice, Bradley wouldn't Chubb. it? Um, yeah, it's just it's one of these interesting things because the offense should be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that defense that. Is certainly going to be the concern. You you would hope that they would go for an edge rusher, a pass rusher. That's going to be like that number one thing that's needed. Um, Gerald McCoy could use some help. I mean, I mm-hmm. love McCoy. I, he's one of my favorite defensive players in the NFL. 
Uh, and I would love to see some more help for getting to the quarterback uh, because – you know, there are some good quarterbacks in the NFC South. I don't know if you know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's some really good ones. But at the same time, you know, sure, running back will, will be one. But I think they're going to try and address that hopefully during uh, free agency. The defensive back certainly could could use something. Pretty much almost anything on defense is going to be helpful for the Buccaneers. Uh, I don't think you go offense. I really think that defense is the way to go here. You know what? I'm sitting here thinking, and my mock, there's three players that I can kind of think of that would be the top. Th- I'll give you my top three, then I'll give you who I think the main pick should be. My top three would be if I'm a Bucks fan, I am hoping for either Minka Fitzpatrick, Tremaine Edmonds, or for some God-forbidden reason that Bradley Chubb falls to us. Whether there's trades that go on and that lets Chubb fall or anything, I'm hoping for those guys. Bong before Laramie Tunsil style. However, the one that I think will work the best as of right now. Yet again, free agency has not happened yet. Things can change, but as of right now, when I look at the Buccaneer roster, the thing I look at, and I mean. With Minka Fitzpatrick, he's a guy that we were kind of talking about this with Jalen Ramsey, too. Although Jalen Ramsey is a corner right now in the NFL, he was the guy, the big thing we harped on was mm-hmm. his versatility. Could play safety, could play corner. Same thing with Minka Fitzpatrick. It's why we have him listed as a defensive back and not just cornerback, not just as a safety. The thing I look at with the Bucks too is who right now do they have as restricted for or as free agents? I don't know why I keep going NBA and restricted, but you got both TJ Ward and Brett Grimes as free agents. If I'm the Bucks, I know that if you re-sign Brett Grimes, that okay, maybe Mink is not the best pick, but as of right now, I would almost lean towards, hey, you know what, we got Vernon Hargraves. Florida guy, let's let Grimes walk. Let's not pay him what he wants. Let's go with a cheaper option right now. Mm-hmm. A younger option could be a better option. Let's pair Vernon Hargraves up with Minka Fitzpatrick and have those two guys be our corners, bring back maybe TJ Ward then out of the two. That's where I would sit right now. Minka Fitzpatrick would be the guy I hope for However, if you looked at my mock, it didn't end up that way. Browns went with Minka with me. That's why the Bucks have to go pass rusher. So with me going with the corner first, if that's off the board, basically if Minka's off the board, I'm sorry, Denzel Ward, I'm not reaching for you. I'll take either an Edmonds or a Chubb or a pass rusher there at seven. Yeah, I just think that when when you look at it, I, I don't think that uh, that Denzel Ward is going to be as crazy of a reach as some people are going to say, mm-hmm. only because if Minka's gone, basically if the quarterbacks didn't go, Minka will be gone. Uh, Edmonds might have snuck his way up into the top 10, mm-hmm. so there's a chance that he'll be gone. Uh, Denzel Ward might honestly be your best option because there's no way you're getting Chubb. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's as big of a reach necessarily. I mean, my, my my last mock draft, I had him going to the Chicago Bears at number eight. Yeah. You know, um, 
So certainly not too big of a reach there. I think for, for the Buccaneers, they are one of those teams that, I mean, any team, of course, free agency is going to matter a lot, but they're one of those teams where free agency is really going to tip their hat uh, of what they are going to kind of aim at for um, for the draft. If they go really heavy at the defensive backs, if they make a big push to get some pass rushers, that's going to kind of show what they expect teams ahead of them to do and what they think they're going to do at number seven because they can mm-hmm. surprise the world uh, and just end up saying, all right, well, let's go for some offensive line or something. Not a top need for them at all, but if they really try and address the defense during free agency, they might go a less expected route. Um, And do I think that's a good idea? Do I think that's worth Mm -hmm. doing? No, I think that they have so many great, young, talented players uh, on the defensive side of the ball that that's the way to go. With the flip side, too, of even if you, uh, you know, are going to re-sign... TJ Ward or, or Grimes or whatever it might well, be, you can still get another defensive back and just have extra depth. You can play nickel now. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a lot of flexibility with what you can do, uh, and keeping players fresh as well is going to be well, helpful. And I wanted to throw that out there too, because I was kind of searching a little bit um after I said that, and really the I'm looking at an article right here. It says Bucks want this is from the first of the year. Um, Bucks want Brett Grimes to return for 2018, whereas um, Cotter had said, I've tried to give him a sell job this morning. Um, I told him we would love to have him back. I think Brent defies his real age, and there have been other guys around the league that have been able to do that. He's a free agent, so he's in control of it, but we'd love to have him back, and I told him that. Um, in some, and then the article says, in some way, the reaction to this revelation, the Buccaneers want their best cornerback to come back next year. So, I mean, I would even say if, I would almost say if Brett Grimes does come back, I'd still go Minka Fitzpatrick if I'm the Bucks. I would still, if he's there, I would still go there. And the thing that I love most about, if I was a Buck fan, the thing I would love most about where you are in the draft is... One of your two needs, because right now the biggest needs for the Buccaneers, defensive end, running back, cornerback. The only one of those you're not going to get is a running back, because I just don't see Saquon going past four. Yeah, Saquon is either going to be a Brown via one or four, a Giant or a Colt. He's not getting past any of those three teams with the first four picks. Then you look after those three te- or those three teams— the Denver Broncos, they don't really need a Minka Fitzpatrick. They don't need a Tremaine Edmonds. They really need a quarterback. Like Denver mm-hmm. needs quarterback. Which they might get in free agency. Which they could get in free agency, but let's say they do get a Kirk Cousins, because that's the one where monkey in the room we're talking elephant in the room we're talking about. Mm-hmm. If they get Kirk Cousins, they're going offensive tackle. They're going with a guy to protect. Kirk Cousins then at number five. I would see a guy like Quentin Nelson then being the pick for the Denver Broncos. Then with the Jets, main thing they need is quarterback. Other than that, they need a running back who's not going to be there. They're in the same boat with you in that, or a guy to protect 
said quarterback. Now, the Jets could be the only wild card here and go BPA. However, I would think the Jets would not pass up on a quarterback no matter which of Huge the five need. you get. Like, yeah. somebody's going to be there, whether it's Darnold, whether it's Rosen, whether it's Baker, whether it's Allen. And the thing that I want to ask you really quick, this is off the cuff mm-hmm. um, and away from the Bucks, but really quickly— what do you think of the nickname that people are already giving Baker Mayfield if he goes to the Jets, the Broadway Baker? Eh. It just doesn't ring. It doesn't ring with you either because I was no, like, really? Just, We're doing the Broadway Joe thing? Yeah, to me it feels forced. And Broadway Baker. Mm-hmm. I don't I, like I, it. No, it's just, it's, no, it doesn't do it for me. Uh-uh. Back to the Bucks though. My point is the teams above mm-hmm. you yeah. are probably not going to impact what you need. Minka, you could be sitting there. The best case scenario for the Bucks, you're sitting there at seven. Minka and Tremaine Edmonds are both on the board. Who do you go with? Yeah. I st- Whether Grimes comes back or not, I still go Minka because, yeah, the one thing they, like you, I read in the articles, oh, he defies his age right now. He was 33 this year. If you sign him to, let's say, a two year contract yet again, you're gonna get him 34-35. I'm not I'm not paying you much past that. Plus, if anything does happen this year to Grimes because of his age, then you can say we've got this young corner to lean on, and Hargraves and Fitzpatrick are the future one-two on our corners. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't see any issue with re-signing players and then drafting more mm-hmm. um it's certainly going to work out for long-term situations uh it's something that's necessary and just the simple fact that you're going to play some great quarterbacks in the nfc south mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with having another talented player and being able to go into a nickel set so that way you can defend against pass happy teams like i don't know drew Brees and the saints I got another. I got a question for you, mm-hmm. and this is based off of Mel Kiper's mock draft sure. because I was telling you today, Mel Kiper dropped his two point Completely confuses me. Okay, because the main thing I look at is Josh Rosen eleven falls all the way to eleven. I think that these quarterbacks are going to go like hot potatoes this year, and they're just going to be you get a quarterback, you get a quarterback, you get a quarterback. Let's say this scenario pans out. Josh Rosen is there at seven. If Josh Rosen is on the board at seven and you're the Buccaneers, do you still, let's say Minka and Tremaine Edmonds are on the board. Mm -hmm. So you have Edmonds, you've got Minka, you've got Rosen on the board. You're now the GM. Congratulations for being the GM of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mark. Thank you. It's a very nice place to be. Who do you go with? Do you go with Minka Fitzpatrick still? Do you go with a Tremaine Edmonds? Or do you go with option C? And because Rosen's on the board, you pick up that phone, which is right here, and you call the Arizona Cardinals to see if they want to make a deal to get Josh Rosen. Let me think about that. Because uh, really that'd be the team you look – the next team that would need a quarterback would be 15. I don't even think the yeah. Dolphins would take a quarterback. No. No, I don't think and they, they would. wouldn't it's, trade it's up. It's scary to. because the Chicago Bears could use defensive backs and pass rushers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 49ers. But that's not playing into your your decision, right? You ain't going with that bias, right? No, no, that's not <laughs> what I'm saying at all. Oh, okay, I'm saying I'm if I'm trading back to mm-hmm. 15, 
Oh, okay. what you're gonna what is I'm looking be on at the, the Chicago Bears gonna need that. Mm-hmm. The 49ers could use a lot of defensive help as well, mm-hmm. especially corner. Um Raiders, I don't know. They might they might not. Uh then the Redskins, they could use some defensive line. Mm-hmm. So could the Packers. I'm not making that trade. If I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get the players I need. If I'm going off of my mock draft for myself mm-hmm. to make that trade at 15, it would depend on what you would get. For it to jump up from 15 to 7. A similar thing would be, and I would have to look to see exactly how far they jumped, but I believe we saw similar moves last year with the um, Chiefs jumping up to get their quarterback and then also the Texans jumping up. Because that would and be. And I believe both teams gave up multiple firsts. Yes, they did. So let's see. From 15, that'd be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight spots. To move up that far, I believe the Chiefs and the um, and the Bills were so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That was more than seven for um, the Chiefs and the Bills. One, it would depend on what you'd get. If you'd get two first out of the deal, I would almost. I would almost take that because depends how it depends how high you are on a guy like Fitzpatrick or it uh, does. Tremaine Edmonds. I mean, with me, I wouldn't for sure say yes, done deal, but I would severely think about making that if I'm getting mm-hmm. at the least two firsts for that seven. Because if I'm going off of my mock draft that we just did the 3.0, that means at 15, I'm having a pick between. The three guys that would be on my board would be if I wanted to go cornerback, I'd go Mike Hughes from Central Florida. If I wanted to go pass rusher, I could go with a guy like Harold Landry. Or if you're sitting there, and this is a big thing, if you're sitting there and you're like, you know what? I don't want to worry about the defense right now. We just released Doug Martin. We didn't get a running back in free agency. Let's make this deal with the Cardinals. Let's get at least two firsts out of the deal. Maybe two firsts at the least, but if I can get two firsts and then like one later pick either this year or next year just to sweeten the deal. And then at 15, go with a guy like Darius Darius Geis. Get my running back. Get a running back at 15 because at 15, I can pick him more so there than reaching, severely reaching, and taking Darius Geis at seven overall, still think it's kind of a reach at fifteen. Um, I strongly believe he would be there in the second round for you, so I don't think he that could. you need. Uh, with the exception of maybe Mel if the Kuy- Colts didn't get there, Kuiper had him going in the twentieth overall. Both you and I did not have Geis in the top. Yeah, thirty-two. Yeah, I just think that that's a little. Trading back to 15, you're going to miss out on the top guys that you would want. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, having more first-round picks is nice, but at the same time, Arizona Cardinals are at one of those teams where they are poised for success. Mm-hmm. So those first-round picks are not going to be top 10 picks. Those well, first-round picks will be playoff type And you're of giving picks. them a quarterback who could be – who could – Boost them up into yeah. maybe fighting for a division, fighting for a wild card spot. Exactly. So I don't know. It makes me nervous to to make that only because I need a pass rusher now. Mm-hmm. 
I need a uh, a defensive back. Not necessarily now, but I might need him now, depending on what I do free agency wise. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I think I would be reluctant to make that trade. I'm not saying no to it. I just think I would be reluctant. Well, and the one thing I do reference the that 15 for Darius Geis, right mm-hmm. in the range for Brandon Swanson, because on the big board he had Darius right there at 17. I did not have Darius Geis in my top 25 for the big board. But talking about the Bucks, what are your final thoughts? Final thoughts on the Bucks at seven. What should they do? Pick, trade, your final one. What do they do? Yeah, I, I think you I don't think there's a reason really to make the trade. Um because like I said, I think you're gonna miss out on too many of these good players that you really want. What would you're, be the ultimate price to say, fine, I have to make this deal? Um, I have to I have to push the button and make this trade. I don't. I don't really know. I think there would have to be some surprises in the in the t- picks ahead of you, to where some of those defensive get, players are. What if falling. you get a veteran pass rusher out of it? Veteran pass rusher in the fifteenth overall could be nice. I mean, I don't I'm not know saying if you would yet the again the Cardinals, but like, yeah. what if another team that really liked Rosen was like, "Hey, we'll give you, we'll scratch scratch our back, we'll scratch yours, we'll give you a corner or a defensive end veteran, we'll give you our first for your seven. That's another option mm-hmm. that they could go. But I would make the pick. I would go Minka Fitzpatrick. What about you? Yeah, I would love to, for them to have Fitzpatrick. Um, you know, Edmonds is a good option as well. But He's my Fitzpatrick, I, I love having Fitzpatrick to the Bucks. Well, and if you look at our mock draft, both of us had both of those two going to the Bucks. You had Fitzpatrick at number seven. I had Tremaine Edmonds only because Minka Fitzpatrick was off the board, went to the Browns at number four. This is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below. Who should the Bucks target? Bucks fans, I want to hear from you. What's your perfect pick? The perfect one. You get this guy at number seven. You're dancing on the table. You are excited to have him in a Buccaneer uniform. Who is that? Let us know down below in the comment section. want to thank you guys for watching and listening to this week's podcast. A little housekeeping here at the end. Yet again, you like what we're doing, want to support us, check out patreon.com backslash Podcast. One dollar gets you an exclusive podcast that you can get each and every month. A podcast just like this, just for one dollar. Also, if you want an MVP t-shirt, go and check out the store. That link is also in the description. Make sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. It would mean the world to us. Bookmark mostvalpodcast.com. That's where you will catch everything from MVP each and every day. Want to thank you for watching on YouTube. Want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast on podcast services around the world. But as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.